You know, back in Pierre Beaumont's earliest years, communicating the latest designs was a whole lot simpler. Of course, fashion houses didn't market their collections in the same way they do today. Most couture designs were sold directly to those clients who came to the daily in-house presentations. And the powerful fashion editors who came to view the collections, well, they were treated like gods because they were the ones who oversaw the magazines and newspaper stories that could make or break a designer. Eventually, houses began creating ads to appear in those same magazines. Last season, we discussed how Bauman relied on the beautiful drawings of one of fashion's most famous illustrators, René Grau, for its perfume ads, which often centered on elegant images of the house's latest offerings. But today, well, today we're in a whole different world. The old formulas are rapidly changing, with fashion campaigns rapidly evolving as print loses its total control over fashion and houses look to new media and different pathways to reach their followers. Today we're going to explore how Bauman, under Olivier Rustong's leadership, has really blazed its own pathway, creatively relying on and inventing a whole new series of tools, including videos, collaborations, and even streaming a mini-TV series in order to best communicate with its followers about the latest house designs. Hello, I'm John Gilligan. For today's episode of L'Atelier Beaumont, we'll be talking once again with Olivier Rustong as we explore the house's Olivier Rustong era. The first of this four-part series about that era began a few weeks ago with a conversation about Rustong's September runway, which contained a powerful retrospective moment. The second episode had Olivier Rustong discussing his eight favorite runway collections. Today, we'll be sitting down with him to talk about his favorite Balmain campaigns from the last 10 years. Rustang, his design team, and I, we've gone through the last 10 years' worth of campaigns together, selecting some of the most impactful ones to talk about today. And if you'd like, there's a link on your podcast description, which will bring you directly to the Balmain podcast webpage, and that will allow you to see key images and videos from these selected campaigns. So you might want to scroll through these as you listen to Olivier Rustong describe the inspirations and some of the background stories behind each one of these. I am Olivier Rustong. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. Bienvenue à l'atelier Balmain. Bienvenue à l'atelier Balmain. Hey, good morning, Olivier. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, thanks. It's great to get a chance to talk to you again, Olivier. So as you know, we're continuing with our podcast coverage of the Roustong decade at Beaumont. We initially started out talking about your incredible September show, which included that retrospective of some of your most iconic runway designs. And then our last conversation, we went through the most important runway moments from your last 10 years, focusing on those collections that really helped create your signature recognizable style here at Beaumont. Today, we're going to move into a different area, although it's something that's very much related to your collections. Actually, I guess we're going to talk about the final creative moment of each season's collection, which is the campaign for those collections. So, Olivia, you've been very, very involved in all the campaigns for each and every one of your collections. Last night, as I was reviewing the background information for today's call, I remembered a conversation that we had a long time ago when you explained to me just how much you really enjoy working on the campaigns, you told me that 
you saw these campaigns as really a welcome break from your design work. I remember you explaining that, of course, you love working on all your collections, but the fast pace of designing for collection after collection after collection, well, it sometimes can be draining and sometimes seem a little never-ending. And of course, you have so many men's and women's runway and accessory collections to oversee each year. So obviously, the collection calendar can get to be a little exhausting. But for some reason, you explained to me then, when you are working on a campaign, it never seems to make you tired because, I'm guessing, because it allows you to push yourself in a new direction each season as you look for new, interesting, beautiful, but also entertaining and unexpected ways of presenting and telling the story about your latest collection. So, Olivia, maybe you could explain a little bit about this part of your work and try to make us understand a little bit why you love so much to work on these campaigns. Yeah, I mean, campaign is for people that don't understand maybe the schedule. I think campaign, it's always, it's always obviously after your fashion show, after your collection is usually maybe a month or two after. So let's say if my fashion show is at the end of September, I might do my campaign maybe the end of October or maybe middle of November. Um, but campaign is always a way to celebrate, uh, your collection. So, um, it's not the same pressure because, of course, a collection, there's the runway, there's the production. Campaign, it's a different kind of pressure, but a really another good one, which is uh, thinking what's going to be the world that you're going to create, uh, whatever is going to be a video, whatever is going to be pictures that will reflect what you had in mind when you created the collection. So um, campaign for me, it's always a celebration of six months of work. And so, Olivia, it's really interesting because you find yourself in this moment of transition for fashion. Because not too long ago, a traditional fashion campaign was really just a series of print ads, a series of print advertisements. A campaign is, after all, a marketing tool. And it's really helping to communicate about the new designs from a fashion house in order to reach a fashion customer. So once there was really only one place to go, a fashion publication which meant it was a pretty set format. The pricing and planning and the calendar for all fashion campaigns. But now, well, print is growing less and less important and people are looking for new ways of reaching followers and communicating about collections. So to meet that challenge, you need to scramble a little bit, right? So I think this is definitely a time made for those who dare to think in new ways and try out new things and experiment. And I have to say, you've definitely done that. At Balmain, you and your team have moved into videos, you moved into music, you've even moved into, as we'll see at the end of this podcast, a streaming of a serial drama. So it's really interesting, Olivier, to see how you seem to have moved in reaction to this rapid changes that are taking place in media while you're always trying to remain one step ahead and anticipate the next big shift in this rapidly evolving new world, right? Yeah, you know, John, it's always important. I always say I'm the witness of my time. And for me, it's really, really important to reflect not only my collections, but that the world that we are living in. So as you mentioned, 10 years ago, I started, it was only prints. After we got 
into an uh, era of social media where we're starting to imagine the picture that will not only be for magazines but for social media and right now we are not living into a picture world but we are living into videos world and I would even say more entertainment world so um, it's been an incredible decade where I have the chance to see the world changing the world moving moving pretty fast and I always love to be again the witness of my time and always trying to think further and and pushing and imagining what's going to be the world tomorrow so using different tools different platforms different way of showing my collections and beyond that olivia it's also interesting to note that the demands for a campaign seem to expand each year and they get bigger and bigger each season in a previous world you could just do your campaign once a season and you'd have your set of pictures and your print ads that would run throughout the season but now with the growth of the power of digital and the expansion of social media, you definitely have to keep an incredible media beast constantly satisfied. You seem to have to keep continually feed it with new images and videos throughout the entire season. And you're obligated to plan for a campaign that can create enough content, content that lets for much more, much longer than before. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like there are more. They need to be more entertaining. They need to be more engaging. And it's interesting because if you think about it, it's incredible to do an, a beautiful, glossy picture. But it's so interesting to have that because it's really important to to have that iconic picture that is not always iconic. So it's really hard work to make sure that this picture will be iconic and timeless. But at the same time. The world is asking and demanding um, different, different kind of like uh, a way of presenting, you know. And so this is my role. It's interesting, right? So, Olivia, let's start. Let's go back to, again, just like we've done in the past couple of podcasts. Let's go back, way back, 10 years. Let's go back to when you were just that 20-something kid that you were. And you were dreaming up your first campaigns. And when we do that, well, it will really be clear from the very beginning that you were determined to push Bauman into this new type of pathway, that you were eager to be experimenting, you were eager to travel, you were eager to travel down a new road, something very different from before. So perhaps the clearest and earliest reflection of this new vision for Bauman I think could be seen in one of your very first campaigns, which was for spring 2014. And looking at it now, it still remains a beautiful and very striking campaign. So, Olivier, when you shot Rihanna oh, for yeah. this 2014 campaign, wow, you know, looking at these images, <laughs> she was so young. <laughs> and you too, right? You were both so young back then, just kids. And with this campaign, you definitely showed that you were going to shake things up for this historic Parisian house way back then. Th this campaign was nothing like those that Beaumont was accustomed to shooting. And I have to say, looking at it now, I, I assume it must have surprised a lot of people. I imagine that you got more than a little pushback. Could you give us a little bit of the background story? How did this collaboration come about? I remember reading stories in the press about Rihanna coming to the Balmain studio when you were just beginning, when you were just working on your earliest collections. And she ended up texting others 
after meeting you saying that you were in <laughs> that you were the real deal was that it did your friendship begin back then and then how did you and rihanna pair up for this campaign and you could describe the campaign and the final images how did you feel about the final result how do you feel now looking at them again after so many years ah oh, yeah it was i i remember like when I mean, long story short, I mean, I knew Rihanna from a time, I think maybe a year before this campaign. Um, and one day, I think it was from a DM on Instagram, or I don't remember exactly. She was like, oh, are you in Paris? I would love to, to meet you and maybe come to your studio. And at that time, we were Rue Pierre Charon, close to the Champs-Élysées. And she came, she tried all the clothes, she loved the house, and we were like... Uh, talking and dancing and trying to, and feeding the clothes and it was just such a moment such a great great moment and I discover not only Rihanna the the incredible singer but I discover a friend you know and uh, we start to create this incredible friendship and I think it was maybe six or seven months after I texted her and I say I had a dream and I think she was um on tour, it, I think she was in Australia at that time because there was a, a different a different time zone. And I said, um, I was dreaming that you were my new campaign. And she straight away answered, let's do it. Let's do it. So um, we shot this campaign in New York uh, with Ines and Vinoud, Frank uh, Durand Art Direction. And um, it was such a long time ago, but I remember like yesterday. She came uh, super early. We tried to close together. We had this incredible set that kind of remind you of kind of the Bandouche moment, which is a great place in Paris, kind of iconic. And we had the best day of, of my life, you know. Uh, music loud. She was dancing, flipping the hair. We were working as well with her, her incredible stylist, Mel Ottenberg. And we created that day where... I mean, we were shooting so many pictures, you know, and it's not easy to to shoot so many pictures because sometimes, you know, you have artists or talents that are like, I just want to shoot one or two pictures, you know. But Rihanna, she was so involved into the shoot. She wanted to do more and more and more. And there, it was such a beautiful moment. And yes, John, you're right. It was kind of shocking at the time because, because at that time, music was not really connected to fashion pop slash hip hop icon were not really into the fashion system uh, integrated at let's say by the fashion industry at that time so I think we me and her we kind of did a revolution in this system because I wanted to represent my new kind of Parisian style on an incredible I would say friend but not only like an incredible artist and I think that was that was something spectacular because I love the idea of com she comes from Barbados. She fights so much for her career to be who she is today, which is recognized as one of the most incredible uh, and uh, icon, you know. And the idea of putting her in the barman clothes, which is really, you know, uh, French Parisian aesthetic at that time, and and me combining again being the witness of my time and combining the culture that I love that I'm I'm born with that I'm living in and the French elegance uh, slash classicism 
you know, on a modern, really modern uh, values for me was really something spectacular. And yes, people were shocked. And I remember having done some interview where they were like, do you think hip hop can be luxury? Do you think um, fashion can be more close to new generation? So we started a movement with her at that time. Yeah, so interesting. And it's incredible to look back at these pictures. I mean, they must have been shot back in late 2013, I guess. And she looks so young. Yeah. But again, the pictures are still so strong. They still look so amazing. We were just, we were just babies, you know? Right, you really were. You really were just babies. So actually, when I was looking through the interviews you gave and the press coverage about this shooting, and just like you just said, there were a lot of people who weren't all that comfortable mixing Balmain with music and wondering if pop and hip-hop could ever be part of the luxury Parisian world. And then you would always reply to these questions with, I think, was the perfect answer. You would make sure that the focus was set on the spirit of the campaign and the beauty of Rihanna in these images. In those old interviews, as you explained yourself, you described Rihanna as someone who really knew how to own the clothes, and you you compared it to like an 80s supermodel, which I guess leads me to the next of your favorite campaigns, which is the supermodel campaign that was shot in 2016. Uh, so let's look at what you shot for the Bauman Spring 2016 collection. It is a pretty incredible campaign. It's in black and white. You shot it in New York, and you relied on basically a group of superstars. It, there were photos by Stephen Klein, and the images were of a trio of legends. They were the supermodels, Claudia Schiffer, Cindy Crawford, and Naomi Campbell. And you mentioned afterwards that at one point during the shooting, which I think was in Brooklyn, you smile to yourself, thinking about how your adolescent self would have reacted if someone traveled back in time to tell him that one day he would be in a New York studio watching Stephen Klein shoot the original supermodels for your own campaign. So, Olivia, did these supermodels really mean a lot to you as a kid? The supermodels. Um, just one sentence, dream come true. I mean, when you dream of fashion, who is not dreaming of Claudia Schiffer, Cindy Crawford, and Naomi Campbell? You know? So um, I think shooting my campaign with Rihanna, I would, I would be like, okay, it was already one dream come true. One day I woke up in the morning and I say, I would love to go back to the supermodels era. Both because we are living in an era where there are not so many supermodels or as strong as they were at the time. So it was really interesting because um, I knew Naomi Campbell from years ago, but I never met Claudia, neither Cindy uh, Crawford. So we contacted them and they say, oh, we love Bauman. We would love to do the campaign. So already there, I was like, what? So I couldn't believe it until the day that we shot this campaign. So we shot with Stephen Klein, our direction, Pascal Dangin, uh, in the studios of New York. And it was just an incredible, incredible day. It was incredible because I remember being a kid and my parents, my mother, was buying all the magazines where she could see Claudia Schiffer, Naomi Campbell and Cindy Crawford. My dad was obsessed with them. And uh, thank God he didn't say too much because, I mean, my mom would be jealous. But... Um, you know, that idea of supermodels are 
why are they supermodels? Because they are not only models, they talk to not only the fashion industry, but to the world, to a pop culture. And that's why I think I've always been impressed by their career, is that they went beyond fashion industry. So the morning, Claudia Schiffer came first, and after Cindy, and after Naomi. And it was just incredible, because... Again, what I told you about Rihanna, usually you have to shoot maybe three or four pictures, but then they were like, we are here from 8 a.m. till I remember 7 p.m., so let's shoot the most that we can. And that was so incredible because they were like, they knew what they were doing, obviously, but usually sometimes when you have a photo shoot, you have another direction that kind of push the models to do some movements, some steps, you know, back and forth. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have Cindy, Claudia, and Naomi on set, they basically tell you <laughs> what, how you need to shoot more than how they need to move. <laughs> and I think this is the beauty of having the top three top models yeah. because, because it was a dream come true. You remember that time of Chanel, Gianni Versace time when they're all together uh, Peter Lindbergh pictures and when they front of your own camera you know you're just like wow man we made it I made it yeah. and yeah. and so it was a dream of a kid but he was a dream of a fashion student and he was a dream of a fashion designer and he's a dream of just me you know so when it happened you just feel super proud so the shots are really so clean and the focus is really on the strong personalities and I'm guessing there must have been a lot of amazing final images oh, for God, you to yes. choose from. Because I've seen so many fantastic outtakes from this shooting, and each one seems really better than the last. So Olivia, you really, you and your team must have had a really an abundance of beautiful images to choose from for that campaign. Right? <gasps> there were too many. But it's always good to have too many, not not enough. So, I mean, it was just, the struggle is that all the pictures looked great. And so we were just like, I wish, but you know, one day I think we will publish uh, all the incredible pictures and, um, and, um, and the synergy between them three was so incredible because now they were, they are women, but they knew each other as girls, you know, and it's so incredible when they saw each other again. Um, it was just magnificent because you know that they knew each other from early early on and you know that now they they became incredible three women and they still love each other and so it's just so beautiful to see that connection between them and so i wanted that moment really iconic and i think it was really interesting coming from a campaign from rihanna which was more into pop culture hip-hop music and there we go back to fashion but the real fashion the fashion that means something and it was with them and just just as in the case with Rihanna, so since that shooting, you've remained very connected with Naomi, Cindy, and Claudia. You've done so many other things with them. You've done shootings, you've done other collaborations, there's been other runway moments. Yeah. So Olivia, you seem to have really built up a long-lasting friendship with these women. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... I, 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 I don't like working with people that I don't like. And I'm sure people that don't like me don't want to work with me, which is perfect. I mean, it's a, it's a, a, a human selection, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it's just about like, do we like each other? Yeah, let's, let's build something. You don't like my style. I don't like your style. Fine. You take your direction. I take mine. So Olivia, the next campaign we want to talk about was even more truly yours, really, than the other ones that we discussed today. Because this is a campaign that you decided to shoot by yourself. So you grabbed your camera and you followed 
this set of models wearing the latest designs from Balmain fall 2017. And all of you wandered across Paris for I think it was an entire day and then an entire night. Oh, yeah. So an entire day and an entire night. You went from one famous, iconic Parisian location to the next. You covered the entire city of Paris, east to west, and you shot your models in the daylight, shooting them late in the evening, in the early morning, and capturing all of these beautiful black and white images of your beloved hometown. And I think you call this campaign your Paris Diary. So, Olivia, could you give us a little background about this campaign? Yeah, that was another moment of my career where I decided to shoot my own campaign. And on with the art direction of Pascal Dangin, we shot Days and Night. I think it was one of the most cold night in Paris and a really long night because I remember we were shooting. The last shot was on the Pantheon and it was the sunrise and we were also cold and tired. But it was such a beautiful moment because I shot incredible, incredible uh, iconic models from Natasha Poli, Lara Stone, John Cortarena, Marlon Texera, and I love that was as well uh, Presley, the the son of Cindy, uh, Cindy Crawford. So um, it was such a long, incredible night. We took all the places that I loved, from the small streets in Paris to the Tuileries to the Pantheon. I wanted to show the beauty of Paris from my own eyes. And I always been passionate by pictures and videos and photos. And so I took the entire, like, I own Paris for one night, you know, and one day. So as I look at the images right now, they're really so beautiful. And you can tell <laughs> that it must have been a really cold night because there seems to be a lot of surface water. And so maybe it was raining, right? Yeah, it's always raining correct. in Paris. <laughs> but maybe it was raining the night you were shooting. But this campaign, beyond its beauty... It stands out because it's really your distinct vision, Olivier, and it really is 100% your shooting. So it reflects uh, how you've done much of your communication from the very beginning, where it's you speaking directly to people via social media or you writing your own press releases in your own voice, and you are making sure that there's no middleman, that it's your vision coming through, reaching the house followers directly without any filters. So with this campaign, it seems now you're taking the final step in the same direction, one of complete and direct communication from the designer. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes people will call me a control freak. <laughs> sometimes people will call me just, you want to do it all. And sometimes I'm just like, I love filters on Instagram, but I'm not loving filters when it's about my communication because I love to be, I love that my vision is clear and understood. So I decided to take pictures myself. But again, I think it's always good to try. It's always good to do things on your own. And it's sometimes good to go back to photographers um, because I'm not a real photographer. You know, I'm a designer, I'm a, a creative director and it's part of my passion and sometimes it's good to do, sometimes it's good to let it go and uh, introduce incredible photographers that have a different vision. But for this collection, I really wanted to to be so Parisian, so French, and showing the beauty of my of my city that I was like, who better than me could do it with my vision being Parisian, you know? So I decided to do myself and, and I really love the moment spending with the models and showing the beauty of my city of lights, you know? 
That's that's really interesting. That's very interesting. This campaign, once again, has so many strong images and so many beautiful outtakes. And when I look at them, they really remind me of those iconic photos of the city streets from Ajay and all the other great Parisian photographers. The light is beautiful. The imagery is beautiful. And there's no doubt, you know that this is definitely your hometown. This is definitely Paris. The next campaign that I wanted to discuss with you today, it it kind of has a little bit of the same background story that we discussed with the Supermodels campaign. So once again, it was you reaching out to someone who has been very important to you, someone that you grew up watching and someone that you still very much respect. So for your fall 2018 collection, for the campaign for that fall 2018 collection, you reached out to one of your favorite actors and you asked her not only to shoot a traditional fashion print campaign for the house, but you also worked with her to create this very non-traditional and a very entertaining symphony for that same campaign's video component. So Olivia, let's talk a little bit about the shooting, and then maybe you can try to explain a little bit about the symphonic video, okay? Yeah. So I think this shoot took place in London, right? Yeah, it was in London. And uh, of course, this shoot was with Mila Jovovich, which I've always been a huge fan as actress, as models. I mean, I mean, who never dream front of the fifth element? So, um, so yeah, again, a dream come true. Uh, I contacted her and we decided to create an entire campaign based on around her with her movement. Um, and it was incredible because she was wearing like this silver dress that kind of feel like almost from the galaxy. And, and what I love about Mila is that she has such a strong elegance, but as well, such like, um, toughness. And I loved when you are so, you can be so glamour, so elegant and so tough at the same time. And that's how I would define Mila and so kind as well at the same time. So um, it was a, such a beautiful shoot in London where she was doing all her movement, playing with a chair, with the sky. I mean, I remember like it was, we had so many incredible pictures. She was dancing. She was, she was almost like fighting. There was a mix of emotions in the same day and we got incredible, incredible pictures. And so this was one of the part of the campaign. The second part of the campaign was, um, was you mentioned the video. Because what was interesting, it was, it was all about rhythm. It was all about beats. And I wanted that the bags, the metal part of the bags, the shoes, the heels, create almost a symphony. So at that point, we create that video based on, on the garments, almost singing, you know, by the noise of your heel, by the noise of your sleeve moving, by the bag when it closes, and we create that symphony just with the with the collection. Yeah, it was really with all those simple noises and all those everyday noises that surround us. It was, for me, the symphony, which you call Bauman Beats, it was very joyful. It was very clever. And I loved how you relied on a wide array of talent. You're mixing these young talents with fashion icons like Daphne Guinness and along with a host of dancers and singers and models. So in addition to Guinness and Jovovich, your symphony was composed by all these unique additions from a dancer, Sergi Polonin, an influencer, Charlotte Lawrence, a beatboxer, Mina Rose, 
uh, the singer James Bay, uh, the singer model Gabriel Kane Lewis, and then the models Suju Park, Ducky Thot, and Louis Pavon. So then the composers Ludwig Göransson and Christopher Hartz, then they worked to create this one really singular symphony that combined all the many distinct short videos into one final Bauman beats composition. What I loved is that on the house's website, Bauman.com, you then invited visitors to come in, explore, click on the different videos, and compose their own unique composition so they could meld together all these different Bauman beats together into their own one-of-a-kind original creation. And Olivia, it was actually a fun idea. It was an unusual mix of all these noises and music and really a joyful chance to just have a little fun. Yeah, really unusual. But I remember like really fresh, really fresh at the time. So definitely very, very fresh, very unexpected. So Olivia, let's turn to the next campaign on today's list. And with this campaign, we're almost up to present day. This is a campaign that once again you shot, and it was in early December 2020. And I guess the moment of the shooting was really as important as the final images. The whole thing reflected a singular moment of our recent lives. Again, we've all spent the past couple of years going through the many waves of pandemics, along with all those worries and all the lockdowns. And you decided to shoot your collection from inside the front windows of Bauman Rue Saint-Honoré Boutique. So you set yourself up just behind those gigantic plate glass windows that line the sidewalk. And I guess by doing that, you provided the healthy distance and the protection that was required at the time. But you also, by doing that, you literally stopped traffic with your shooting. Because, Olivia, it was rush hour. It was a dark evening in early winter in Paris. And you were shooting your models out there in full view in one of the city's most important streets. And so it's no surprise. Basically, all the Parisian passers-by, they just stopped in their tracks and just to watch you shooting your collection. So in your press release and in your interviews about the shooting, you stress the importance that a live, in-real-life moment had for you. Because especially after all we've been going through in the past two years, the line you kept repeating to the press was, you know, while digital might be key, physical can never be replaced. So Olivia, could you explain a little bit about the concept behind this campaign? Yeah, I think I think December was obviously a really a tough moment for for the world because COVID was still present. We could not be together. We need to respect such a huge social distancing. Um, it was not easy for anybody. But I remember at that time, the, the stores start to open again. So um, what I decided to do is to say, we have an incredible fan base at Barman. And I feel we have been too far from them because, because of the COVID. And when I heard that we could meet each other in an open space, you know, outside, I say, what about like creating a photo shoot in the Barman window and inviting people to see me shooting that campaign, that lookbook? And... And you know, it was just it was just such a strong moment because because the sky was gray, because it was cold, because it was almost snowing in Paris. But I, I have seen so many incredible 
people coming, they knew that was an app, like there was kind of a, a rendezvous, you know, like uh, they were like, oh my God, we can go to the barman store, there is Olivier shooting. And so they start to see me with the models, like creating that campaign. And at one point, when the light goes down, I remember like I decided to change my camera and say, let's start to shoot them as well, you know. And so in those pictures, you will see the crowd as well outside screaming and loving, you know. And to be honest, um, it's something that I never say, and maybe it's going to be the first time that I say in that podcast. At that time, it was one month after my accident. So if no one knows, but it was such a big challenge for me because because uh, if you look at the pictures and if you look at me at that time, you will see that I was wearing a hoodie, that I have gloves, that I was completely covered, which honestly, I, the challenge was for me to hide myself for, for a year, but basically say, I'm going to shoot in a window <laughs> in front of like, I don't know, hundreds and thousands of people, you know? So it's, it's a funny story because no one knew. Um, and I remember that people from my team say, are you sure you want to do it? And I say, you know what, like, again, scars make you stronger. So I decided to shoot front of everybody. No one could guess anything. But me, I knew uh, what I was hiding. But the, my, my passion for fashion and my passion for pushing boundaries is beyond any weakness that I can have, you know. So it will be always a moment that I will remember. Wow, Olivier, that's really quite a story. So it's interesting to think about this campaign and remember everything that was happening at the time it was created, right? There was all the tough news and anxiety and challenges that we've all been going through for the months and months up until this time with the pandemic's health scares and the tough lockdown regulations here in Paris. And we had made it through such that through that long period of fear and lockdown and isolation and then suddenly we had hopes for a vaccine in the upcoming years. And we were seeing that the numbers were getting better. And we were all thinking about maybe we were going to have a normal holiday season. So it's nice to remember that in December 2020, we were in Paris and the stores were reopening. The restrictions were loosening. And it was such an emotional moment for everybody here in the city. Yeah, so, so strong and so tough. And then... <laughs> to think about how for you in particular, Olivier, with the long recovery and the rehab after that accident, when your fireplace blew up in your apartment, causing you to suffer painful burns across the entire front of your body, from your forehead to your feet. And then in addition, well, all these extra challenges that you decided to put yourself through as you work to keep your scars hidden from the public, and even hiding your story from so many family and your friends who knew you. It's quite a story, quite a moment. So rapidly changing tone on a less emotional note. It's also interesting to note that one other thing sets this shooting apart. Your idea behind this shooting really builds upon a distinct part of this house's history which is, of course, not all that surprising because you're always looking back to the heritage of this house and the visions of Pierre Balmain. So after the shooting, you pointed out to the press that Pierre Balmain also used to rely on similar types of very public Parisian photo shoots out in the open in the center of Paris many, many decades ago. 
So like 50, 60, 70 years ago, Pierre Beaumont used to pose his models on the sidewalk in front of the Beaumont flagship. Yeah. So <laughs> that must have really created quite a show for the Parisians strolling by as the fashion photographers were capturing the house's latest couture designs out there in the open. So maybe a half century ago, there might not have been this Balmain army screaming in the background during a shoot, but I'm sure that quite a few Parisians and tourists stopped and stared at that very unusual sight. Yeah, it's always connected in a way. Like, uh, I always love looking at the books and the histories and his notes. And it's usually during the weekend when I'm calm in my office on my own. And I love reading the histories of the house and what he has done. And I always try to replicate uh, the sense of emotion that he created at the time. Of course, in my own time, you know, with my own codes. But it's, it's, yes, it's really, you know, a shooting in a window, it's like a welcome to, to Paris as well. And I really wanted to remember to people that, wow, it was a few days ago that we could open the stores again. We can still be connected again, you know, we can be connected again. And, and so, yeah, it was a moment again in, in that collection that I would like, in a hundred years, I want that people remember that Bauman did that. So moving on from strong and tough moments, the campaign that you and your team created for last fall's collection for fall 2021 is probably one of the most adventurous that you've done. That campaign made very clear that you are always determined to push into a new and different territory each season, and you're always on the outlook for new and fresh directions and ideas. So for that campaign, which you've called Fracture, you partnered with Britain's Channel 4, and you created a five-episode dramatic series. And although you shot this series at a location in Mexico City, the story that you tell actually takes place on the outskirts of Los Angeles at La Reve, which is a rundown motel that's serving as a temporary home for your cast of incredible characters. And just as in so many other Balmain creation, music is really playing a central part in this fracture plot. So summing up the series quickly, Fractures focuses on a songwriter named Maya, who is played by Jesse Joe Stark, as she's working through some creative and family issues with the help of her sibling, Ari, who's played by Tommy Dorfman, her friend Edie, who's played by Ajani Russell, and her poet-slash-love interest friend, Noah, who's played by Charles Melton. So, Olivia, how did you think... Of Fracture. How did you think of creating the streaming fictional series to star your latest collection? Yeah, I mean, what do you do after I've done supermodels, music, singers? <laughs> You're just like, oh, now it's TV, you know? <laughs> like, now it's, uh, I mean, you know me, I've always been passionate by channels, by Netflix, by Amazon, by every platform, by TV in general that can promote a series, that can push, you know, like a, a, a story. So um, last campaign was definitely saying, oh, let's not do a normal campaign again, uh, but let's let's go beyond what happened during the pandemic. We were all like watching series and in a way dreaming and escaping this world in the way that we could. So um, we created that series called Fracture, uh, mini episodes uh, with Channel 4, with an incredible casting from Tommy Dorfman, Jesse Joe Stark. We had Avjani and 
And of course, a friend of mine that I know from a long time, Melton, Charles Melton. So um, it was just so amazing because we regrouped this incredible casting together. We were in Mexico and we created that series of young generation fighting for being who they want to be, fighting for feeling free, you know, like from, and I don't want to reveal it. And I hope guys, you will watch it. It's a story of when you're young, sometime, again, you have a direction that is told, but doesn't mean that the direction that is told is the direction that you want to follow and you want, and you will follow. And it's clearly like a new generation of young that, try to fight for being themselves, fight for freedom. And it's good adventure. There's sadness, there's happiness, there's joy, there's tears. There are a lot of emotions. And all of that on with the barman clothes, with the barman accessories. And I love to put my collection again in another context. So working with these incredible actors was for me something amazing because they own my clothes, they own my collection, and my collection became something else again. And the music is amazing, by the way. I love the music, Olivier. The music is so incredible. I will never thank enough uh, Jesse for for playing and singing. I mean, it was just incredible. That's very true, Olivier. She did a great job. So repeating again, for all those who are interested in viewing Fracture or any of the other campaigns that we've mentioned today, we'll be placing links on the podcast webpage. And we're going to avoid giving away anything more about the story behind that series, but it definitely is a fun new way of enjoying music and drama while being introduced to a fashion collection. So there we have it. Uh, thanks again, Olivier, for all your time and your insights. You've walked us through some of the key campaigns of the past 10 years, making it very clear that as you create a new campaign vision each season, as you try out all these fresh ideas and concepts and push a whole lot of envelopes, you've made it clear that you're also very much enjoying yourself. So we'll be speaking again soon for our next episode, which will be focusing again on the Balmain's Rustang decade. So Olivier, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Olivier. Bye-bye. Bye.